international player haters ball. Oh man, hey, 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 hey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on Dave Campbell's podcast network. I guess I should say this is like a, a mini podcast, yeah. a post game podcast. Post game, we should, we should be like a, it should be like a thing for this. I don't know, like a little. A little I thought you had something. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> at least, at least I pitched po- a post game podcast. Post game pod, two twenty four extra. Ooh, there's a twenty four okay. extra. That's me shamelessly stealing from one of my favorite podcasts when they do <laughs> post games. It's called Extras. Okay, so, yeah, there you go. The T twenty four extra. There we go. <laughs> we'll come up with something. Um, T24 plus. Okay, it doesn't matter. Regardless, uh, post-game podcast of Texas Tech and Texas. We, we, we knew we wanted to do something after the game. this game, mm-hmm. pretty much regardless of the result because of the magnitude of this game. Uh, Texas Tech and Texas, for those who don't know, but everybody listening to this podcast already knows, uh, Chris Beard, uh, Texas Tech, you know, great pretty much. Uh, and his time led them to Final Fours, um, led them to national, comp- national, a national championship. Uh, national appearance, yeah. Yes, na- national championship game appearance. And then um, leaves them for Texas. And in all the interviews, it's because it's his alma mater. Um, you know, he wants a new challenge and all that stuff. And, you know, you can understand that. But at mm-hmm. the same time, Texas Tech is not happy and was not happy. And this is the moment we've been waiting for, basically, for the past however many months. And it was a culmination of everything. And before the season, we were probably looking at it like, oh, man, Texas is just going to go in there and roll. Like, you know, it's not going to be fair. And then as the season continued to progress, we were like, okay, Texas Tech is doing it. They're winning. They're beating Baylor. They're beating Kansas. And Texas is kind of faltering. Could it be we get to this point in the season on February 2nd at 8 p.m.? where Texas Tech is actually favored to beat Texas. Yeah. And lo and behold, that is the case. And the buildup to the game was awesome in Lubbock. Um, I think it was called it Raiderville out there with yeah. kids out there two days before the game. Um, they, they, were, they were flipping off buses. They were chanting <laughs> before the game started, during the game. And nobody was safe. Or Chris Beard was not safe <laughs> not not literally he was fine i know, I know but metaphorically he was yes. not safe from the bombardment of hate and yeah. boy it lived up to it texas tech ends up rolling texas 77 to 64 might be a little strong but they were in control for a majority of the game they win seven like i said by 13 points mm-hmm. and get not only a big win uh because of the the game, but also because of the Big 12 standings. So where do you want to start with this game? Uh, I mean, we can start with the atmosphere. We can start with the just kind of the build. Um, credit to tech fans, because all week, and I've been, I've been like, it's been really annoying to see on Twitter because all week tech fans have been getting pelted with, oh, this is classless. They're, you know, the uh, I believe it was Jeff Goodman tweeted out the video of the of the bus uh, he didn't say anything in particular but he just had the video of the of them kind of around the bus flipping the bus off and like so many people were like oh what is this and blah blah, blah. one there was another video from inside the bus of like tech texas coaches and all that laughing like they're like they like they liked what it was going on 
No one, two, nobody was rushing the bus. They were just around the bus, making it like a, a hostile environment, right? Not like an actual hostile environment, but that in a sports term. Um, and then Brock and Cunningham th- as well. Yeah, was, yeah, three. You see the video of Brock Cunningham, who's doing the Hulk Hogan, basically cupping his ears, like, like you know, egging it on, playing up with it, which is good. Like, this is, yeah. this is, these are things that I like in sports, right? This is, it's supposed to be a friendly hate. And then so all this stories about, oh, I hope everything's safe. I hope the, you know, this environment doesn't get out of control. Nothing happens except for the best environment we've seen in this state in like a long time. Um, it was the, it was legitimately, the buildup was incredible. The crowd was incredible. Chris Beard, the mid, five minutes into the game, puts in Avery Benson from, t- that is the ultimate, Probably. like, I know yeah. what's going on here. I'm going to put this guy in who who averages like four point four minutes a game, not even four minutes, to just to get booed, <laughs> and then I'm going to pull him immediately. Like Avery Benson, he put him in. I think he had like a wide open three, and so he just shot it. But I don't. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was not supposed to like shoot or anything. But Chris Beard put, checks him into the game. For those of you that don't know, a former Tech player who transferred to Texas to, to Texas. Um, and he gets he killed. Just, he just he gets killed. Like he just the, the shower of booze. Like me, it's amazing. But it's Chris Beard. Like playing. He knows. He's like, yeah, of course they're gonna boo this guy. That's why I'm putting him in. Like it was the best when he put him when he put him in. I was like, okay, Chris Beard knows that he's like nobody's in actual danger here. This is just a really cool environment. Like no. it was that when that moment happened, I was like, okay, I'm I'm all for this now. It was like I, in my head, I was like, oh, he's just putting him in so they don't boo him for like three minutes. <laughs> Like, I'm tired of all these F words coming at me. Like, let's just put in Avery Benson here. And I I honestly, when he put him in, I was like, there's like, are they actually going to like boo him with the same vigor? And they did. <laughs> they and did. I love it. I was about to say, because like Avery Benson wasn't like a crazy player for tech. He was yes. just a guy who went to tech. He just followed Chris Beard to Texas. Yes. He was a, you know, he's a role player at tech. And I was like, do they even like, I was curious, like, do they even know, like, you know, they really remember yeah. Avery Benson like that. Yeah. And they remember Avery Benson yeah. because he was the guy that followed him. Um, but no, uh, we can talk about the game now, but I just want to we, say like, the no, no, was, but I, no, I'll, I'll add on. Yeah, go you're hundred percent right. You're hundred percent right. That's, I kept seeing the same things. Um, I, from being from San Antonio, I know plenty of Texas fans and it's just like, oh, they're classless, all this stuff. I'm like, man, if y'all are worried about Texas Tech fans at this point, y'all got to get your fandom up. That's what you got to do if you're Texas. Because Texas Tech has been owning y'all in basketball for the last however many years. Now you have their coach and you still can't beat them. And there's still no excitement around your program. Meanwhile, Texas Tech is over here every single year putting out a quality product. And you want, and you want, so the, the argument that I saw was that, well, Chris Beard helped build that. Sure. Fair enough. Right. But one of the best arguments I saw from a tech fan that I believe, uh, Hunter Cook, who's on Twitter, um, he used to be a writer for, um, uh, uh, the big 12. Uh, he wrote about the big 12 for a little bit tech grad. And he mentioned, he was like, Chris Beard taught us to cheer for the program and cheer for the brand, not in the coach, not the player, not what it like. And that's what, sure. That's now that's Chris Beard reaping what he sowed right? He left for the rival program. He's the enemy now. And I'm okay with that because Chris Beard also acknowledges that, right? Um, 
uh, I believe the those those one cool tweet from the Texas uh, basketball account that was this fan, a Texas fan behind the Texas bench in the in a sea of red raiders, just doing the double horns up, like like in the middle. Everybody's just like horn, giving him the horns down, and it's a great photo. Um, and it's like that's what I want. Like yeah. when tech, like Texas fans, February nineteenth, Tech's coming back. Let's bring that. Remember when you sold out the Irwin Center against Tennessee? Do that again. If you want to get back at them, do that in Austin. Cause that'd be awesome. Like that'd be sick if you just said, okay, cool. To get back at this at this program, we're gonna sell out our stadium and we're gonna try to make a good environment. Like that's how you build rivalries and that's how you build atmosphere in college sports in particular. This isn't something that like there's a reason why you know the Warriors used to get like a bunch of praise for their home fans, because like that was something we didn't see in the NBA, yeah. right? This is what makes college basketball is these kind of environments. Yes, exactly. And I think we'll we'll leave it there. But amazing, yeah. amazing environment, awesome build up. I loved every second of it. I had I, one of my friends went to Texas Tech, and the whole day he was just ready, just oh ready my for God. this. So game. every Tech fan I knew was just oh. like. Oh, just like a dog on a leash. Just like, oh, let right. me go, please. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> So um, the game, the game, yeah. as I said, Texas Tech was in control for, for most of it, in my opinion, but still plenty of interesting intricacies here. I have a couple of overarching notes here, but if mm-hmm. we get into just the nitty gritty of it, Kevin O'Banner, five and a, five of seven from three. Yeah. And they were big threes, like early on, like it was kind of tight. It was kind of tight. Yeah, and then bounce threes too. <laughs> yeah, no, there were a couple, but O'Banner, boom, boom. One of them was on Avery Benson, but when he mm-hmm. first put him in, Benson gets through a screen, uh, a flare, I think it was a flare screen and O'Banner catches it and Avery Benson is not going to contest the shot right. uh, at a high level and O'Banner just hits it right over him. And it's like, all right. And then I thought everybody else just played their role. I mean, mm-hmm. Adonis Arms had zero point, had zero field goals made, but he played 31 minutes, and I actually didn't think he was terrible. Nine boards, four assists, um, two steals. Like Bryson Williams did his thing, two for two from three, 16 points. Uh, it just everybody stepped up. McCall got to the free throw line 15 times, mm-hmm. and he was aggressive as hell. And we wondered, we both predicted this game to be in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And Texas Tech puts up 77 on Texas. Yeah, that is staggering. Like, like we the home court affects. I mean, obviously Texas offense. Like, if if there's a home court advantage, it's usually with Texas. It would be the opponent's offense that's affected. Yeah. But damn, it looked like the, the tech offense was fueled. Yeah, I, I think that one. Yeah, definitely looked like the tech offense was was fueled, and I think Texas came out shook. I think like yes. Yes. I think that they came out, and it, it really showed to me there were a couple plays. Uh, one, Timmy Allen looked overwhelmed in the beginning. Yes. Uh, there were a couple like short armed bunnies that they usually his shot, you know, that little floater he does is short armed a couple times. It first before Marcus Carr got going, I want to get on Marcus Carr later because he played a really great game. But before he even got going, it was Courtney Ramey that was doing everything for Texas. Yep. And it was basically like, uh, we don't know what to do. Courtney Ramey take a three. And like he would just jack up a three and like, you know, kind of quell a tech run or like kind of give Texas something going. But yeah, it was tech really like kind of feel like it was it was very interesting to watch because obviously they played the same defense. And so it was kind of just, it was kind of a chess match to see, OK, which team do you think can kind of scheme to score versus the other? And for tech, you mentioned O'Banner, like O'Banner in the beginning and then Bryson Williams in the second half. It was like, OK, we're going to pick and pop with those two guys. Yep. And when they double on the screen, we're going to kick it out. And they had so many looks at the top of the key. Uh, you mentioned O'Banner going five to seven from three. 
um, they knew how to attack the middle with the pick and pop and then also crashing the glass. So whenever they get the ball into O'Banner or somebody and they'd kick it out and they'd miss or whatever, they crashed the glass and it seemed like 50-50 balls just went Tech's way. I believe they had an 11-6 offensive rebounding advantage, um, which I believe led to, I think, 10 uh, uh, second chance points for, for Tech. Um, I'll have it right here. Uh, oh, wait. No, sorry. I'm looking at Texas. Uh, that is 12. 12 second chance points for Tech. Like, that that was the game right there for me. Like, it just looked like Tech had an extra gear from the get-go. Understandably, right? They're playing one of their biggest games of probably in these guys' careers. Um, and it looked like they were up for it. And it looked like Texas, I don't want to say didn't expect it because Chris Beard had to have told them all week that this is going to be the biggest environment they're playing in. Yes. But I think it was a little bit, I don't know if they were looking for like that counter punch, like a little bit desperately, like with like, okay, once we hit this shot, the crowd's going to calm down. Or once yeah. we hit this stop, the crowd's going to calm. And they never did. And so I don't know, they kind of settled into the game in the second quarter, third quarter, but those first quarter and the way they tech closed it, I think was basically decided the game. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the defense. Well, I have two points here. Mm-hmm. Defensively, Texas Tech is a lot more switchable than Texas. Yes. Like that is a note that I think stands out. And I think that's something that decided the game because like you said, the defenses are very similar in how they play stylistically, mm-hmm. but there's a difference. There was one sequence when um, I, th- I believe it was Trey Mitchell or no, it was Bishop got switched yes, out on a guard and um, Tech the, saw food. Yeah. And he, and he, <laughs> I believe they drew a foul on him. Yeah. And it was like, okay, Bishop can't, couldn't guard him. And then on the other end, I believe it was, I think it was Santos Silva or maybe O'Banner, one of those two, and mm. they could just stay in front of him. I think it was, I think it was Santos Silva. Santos Silva played phenomenally because, yeah, he defensively, because he, he could switch and that was it. Like he was on Marcus Carr sometimes. Like it was, it was really interesting to watch where it was like, oh, they can't go by him. Like <laughs> it's nuts. It's, it's, it, I don't know. It was very, it was insanely impressive just to watch like, a team like tech. And I think Bill self even said this after the Kansas game where it's like, he, he didn't think that he properly prepared his guys at Kansas for a team that played this hard, this long. Right. And it's like, they're not a team that gets phased by knockout punches or whatever. And I think right now, Texas is still a team that has an issue with a team that can throw counter punches. Yep. Um, So yeah, the the switchability of Texas Tech was huge in this game to me, because Mm -hmm. then on the other end, like I said, Texas was having to do different things with their balls. They couldn't just straight switch, right? Like you said, they were having to double screens, hedge screens, throw a bunch of different stuff at Tech, and Tech was able to pick and pop off of that. And then it was the turnovers off the press when Texas was able to get out and, you know, when Tech couldn't set their defense in the half court, that was when Texas kind of got their buckets. Yes, uh, so uh, exactly. So that's that's kind of the difference between these two teams is both of them. Okay. And both of them, we talked, I talked about this before the season where both coaches recruited in a similar type way in the transfer board, right? They both, mm-hmm. they both got offensively talented players that they were going to coach up to play defense. Mm-hmm. Well, Bryson Williams and Kevin O'Banner and Davion or Adonis arms and like Malik Wilson, these guys are switchable and they're mm-hmm. long. And you look at Texas and it's a bunch of, either undersized Fords or guards that are 6'3", 6'2", you know, however tall they are, and they're not really switchable. So the defensive, just from a personnel st- standpoint, the defenses can't be the same. And yeah. Texas Tech is more equipped for a better defense. And that's something I wasn't 
sure of going into the season, going into the season. I was like, you know, how are they, they don't have like a true big, they don't have a rim protector. Right. Right. Well, it doesn't really matter because Marcos Marcus Santos Silva is somehow out here getting three blocks. And yeah. Kevin McCuller is out here getting two blocks, and they end the game with seven blocks. While um, while Texas ends up with two, so the the defense of Texas Tech is what the the difference was was the difference in the game, in my opinion. They were just terrific. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, getting a little bit on Texas now, you know, I mentioned it earlier. Courtney Ramey, you know, he he. He was, he's definitely one of their big shot guys with, you know, along with Andrew Jones, who didn't have a great game. Um, but this was a game that I needed Marcus Carr earlier. Um, he, there was a lot of shots, a lot of his shots, and then especially in the beginning, were a lot of the shots that one tech was okay with him taking, but mm-hmm. they're the ones that he can make. It's those tough turnarounds, pull ups, or kind of turnaround jumpers in the lane with a hand in his face. And like so many of those shots were the ones that he was settling for because that was what tech was giving him but also the ones that he was making and i think if he's more aggressive early i I think this is a closer game i don't know if they win but i think there are some games where he just needs to be the guy like and i've had my again i've I've, if people listen to this know i've had my frustrations with the way he plays but he's brought there for a reason and to me i saw a lot of texas fans saying we don't have a true point guard or whatever do you think tech has a true point guard like is Kevin McCullough a true point? No, like uh, uh, um, uh, Adonis Arms Warren. handles the ball. Like Terrence yeah. Shannon handles the ball. Like they don't have a true point. That doesn't matter. Like not every team in college basketball has a true point guard, but you have guys that work for you and work for your system. Marcus Carr can work. I just think he takes a backseat trying to prove that he can be a point guard, right? And this was a game where it was like, sure, Tech's guarding you tough, but you're the only guy that can make these shots. Like. Timmy Allen's the other guy, but he was off today. So like, I wasn't going to count You know, he'd look like he just, it wasn't his night. Um, and by the way, their Texas's front court, I thought was not great. Like at all. Like, no. I, th- I thought they played their, probably their worst game. Um, that wasn't against Gonzaga probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mark, you needed a guy like Marcus Carr to be that guy. And he dropped 16. Um, but I, I, a lot of those came in the third, fourth quarter when it was, when tech kind of, didn't have control of the game. I believe they got into single digits a couple times, but if they, if he gets going earlier, I think this game's closer. Yeah, I um I completely agree. I, I think the front court thing is huge because just not only oh, not yeah. only can Texas Tech hit threes, whereas Texas is kind of a weird like you don't really want Bishop or Mitchell or Allen taking a bunch of threes. Right. Um. I mean, none of them took a three tonight. Uh. Or Brock Cunningham. Brock Cunningham was one one from three, but. On also rebounding from a rebounding perspective, Texas Tech is 19th in the country in offensive rebounding and 79th in defensive rebounding. In mm-hmm. comparison to Texas, who is on the season uh, 59th in offensive rebounding and 205th in defensive rebounding. Like yeah, they're not, they're just not a good rebounding team. <clears throat> and they got for, for an elite team where we yeah. think that where they should be, they're not a good rebounding team. And they got punked a little bit, like you said. I thought physically they got punked, and Texas Tech is. We what we kind of thought this coming into the game, but they are the better basketball team, like hands down at this point. So I don't have any other uh, questions or overarching um, takeaways from this. I will say the last thing I have is it was it really hit me how many transfers both these teams have and how different yeah. these teams are from last year's. Because I was thinking about it, I was like, um, just going into it when Chris Beard 
like he's not going against his old team. Like right. he doesn't know, like maybe he partially recruited some of these transfers or something. I don't know, but like none of these guys were here last year. And well, like, so you know, Shannon and Santa Silva, is that yeah. it? Yes. Shannon, Santa Silva, uh, McCullough, was Nadolny. No, McCullough, McCullough wasn't, McCullough was at Houston. No, that's right, McCullough wasn't. Um, yeah, right. Nadolny, I, I think I saw him hug Nadolny pretty hard, so maybe there. But regardless, like, these are two very different teams. These are two teams that... No, McCullough was there. You're thinking of uh, Kyler Edwards is the one that left Kyler Edwards. Houston. There yes. you go. But McCullough was there, yeah. There was some sort of connection. Regardless, <laughs> these are two teams that are different from last yes. year, right? Yes, very um, much. Albeit, Texas, more different. Uh, oh, I mean, you got your two guards back and Cunningham Fevers. I mean, the difference is pretty, pretty similar here. And for Mark Adams to have his team fully entrenched, and I don't want to turn this into a Mark Adams versus Chris Beard thing. Cause I think they're both good coaches. And I think, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, you could argue they're the same coach, but regardless, like <laughs> right. at, at a, at a basic level, but this is, you have to give full credit to Mark Adams for what mm-hmm. he's done here. This is, if you looked at these two teams on paper before the season, you're like, oh, Texas is probably a top five talented team. Tech is probably in like the 20s to 30s even if you looked yeah. at it on paper. Yeah. And Texas Tech has might be a top 10 team like on, on Monday when we come back and look at them. And so yeah. full credit to Mark Adams. Um, I, I understand completely any Texas fans that want to be upset because I've been trying to tell you all about this for the past month. But um, I don't want my flowers now. I just, I just want to, I just want to <laughs> oh, watch this. Saying don't hop on the bandwagon. This now. game was, this game was more than enough for me to, yeah. I mean, validate my opinion because I think we've, it's been validated time after time this year. It's just sure. this Texas team is not, it's, it's not. I, I don't want to say they're not good. I wish there was another way of saying that. Sure, they're not. I don't think they're a top twenty team. I, that's for damn sure. Possibly not. And I don't think they're ranked at this point, but Kempom has them 15. They're 23rd. And they're probably going to drop out. Okay. After, Kempom after has them 15, and I don't see how in the world they can be 15. I but... think, I mean, they have one, the Big 12. Big 12 is tough. Yes. And so, like, any win in the Big 12 kind of. And the push, Tennessee push win up. props them the up. Tennessee win, of course, um, is, like... is, a, is a huge win. So, I yeah, no, I get I get you, right? It's, it, it's, it's not fair to say that this isn't a good team, right? Because they clearly are. Um, that's why we're, that's kind of why we're frustrated with them, <laughs> um, yes. because they're clearly a talented and good team. Um, but they are an underwhelming team. I'll say, I think that's probably a good way to put it. Um, yeah. and it's kind of gut check time, right? Uh, we, we mentioned this stretch, this exact stretch of the season. We talked about we tech, Iowa state this weekend, uh, next Monday, Kansas, next Saturday, Baylor, like they base uh, basically until tech comes to Austin. And then finally they get a, a quote unquote breather with TCU West Virginia, um, which is still tough, but yeah. um, they basically have a, have a, their toughest stretch of games until tech comes back on February 19th to Austin. So yeah, it's gut check time. We're going to see what this Texas team's made of. Um, yeah. And I, 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 one, I think they'll play better at home, obviously. Um, Cause I do think, think this is a team that just kind of feasts on the road. Aside from that one Kansas state loss, they've played really well at home. Um, and so I really do think this will be a team that I don't, maybe gets them back at home, possibly. Um, maybe can sneak away an upset win against a Kansas or something at home. I don't know. But, yeah, on the road, this team, that's kind of a big issue right now is that this team almost has to win their home games because they're, they're not pulling out wins on the road. 
and I don't think they're going to pull out a road win against Baylor. So you got to be Iowa State next on Saturday, and then you got Kansas on Monday, February 7th at home. And that'll yep. be a big game because eventually, eventually this team is going to have to start punching above its weight, at least what we perceive its weight to be. And they did that with Tennessee, I guess you could argue, even though that was very ugly. Um, and they, I guess I think they did it with TCU, I guess, to an extent, even though they're better than TCU. You know, they're, they're, they've shown flashes to an extent, but yeah. this is, this is like you said, gut check time for Texas moving forward. So, and Texas Tech on the other side, I will remain in the conversation right there with Kansas, right there with Baylor, if they can continue this, which mm-hmm. I don't see a reason why they can't because every I mean, time we might have to do another pod for that Baylor game um, in Lubbock because that's on February 16th, I think. Yeah, February 16th. Um, that's going to be a huge game right there. So. Yeah, that could be so, for first place if uh, you know, depending on what happens to Kansas. Yeah, I mean, every time I doubt, every time I doubt Texas Tech, they just win, <laughs> right? Like yeah. right. Kansas Baylor, um, even the loss to Kansas was double overtime. So yeah, we'll see how they do. But all right, that does it for the pod. Uh, fun game. Uh, thank you to Texas Tech for making that uh, even more fun than what it would have been already. Oh, but yeah. uh, we wanted to get this podcast out to y'all early in the morning on Wednesday following the game. So we hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. uh, Leave a five-star rating review, all that good stuff. Um, For Ishmael Johnson, I'm Matthew Bruni, and we'll talk to you all later.